Hello, lovely listeners. It's Laura here because I have some very exciting news to share with you. We are getting back on the road and doing not one, not two, but three live shows before the end of the year and tickets are out now. All of the shows are going to be in Bush Hall in London. Basically think of it as a go love yourself residency at this point. Our first one is going to be on the 30th of October and it's going to be our Halloween party. So make sure you get those tickets ASAP so you can see everyone's fabulous outfits. You can find more information and the link to the tickets in the episode description and all across our Instagram at go love yourself pod. We cannot wait to see you there. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. Oh, hello, British Podcast Award. <laughs> um, can I just say that since we won, I've made Matt address me as an award-winning wife. <laughs> and every, everything Wait. is about me winning an award, us winning an award. Um, yeah, so basically that's my entire personality right now. The fact that we won a British Podcast Award. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, we actually won, guys. Like gold, not even we like won. silver or bronze. Gold. We won gold. We won one. And like, can we just go back to that moment of the awards evening? First of all, Laura and I and producer Fionn looked hot to trot. Second <laughs> of all, we were in like the sort of the first part of the award categories. And we thought, oh, we won't be the last ones. No, the will be category definitely won't be last. It was last. Last. An hour and a half it took to get oh, to did us. it? That, so. that actually flew, to be fair. But we were just, I don't know, the, the anxiety got more and more and more as it was yeah. like, no, history, crime, nature, children, families, all these. And I was like, where's our category, please? And then they announced it and oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. What a feeling. What yeah. a feeling. It was so um, good. It was amazing. And I think it was weird because like the just before we were about to, to go to the awards, we're getting ready, I was sat on my bed and I just had a real moment. I think I posted in the Facebook group because I just started to get really teary and emotional just thinking like, God, like we genuinely thought when we started out this podcast, like it'd be great if we could just help one person. And the community that we've kind of created off the back of it, like all of you guys listening, the messages that we get saying that it's helped you, like it's not lost on us. And like, I know people say it, but like the award is just a lovely bit of recognition for that. It doesn't like what means more to us is the impact that the podcast has. And that's what we do. But it is just lovely just to kind of be like and like Lauren said, to have two fat birds win an award in the well-being category. Like, that's just not lost on me. And it is a night I'll never forget, a moment I'll never forget. So we couldn't do it without you guys. We honestly couldn't. And I think that was a big part of the reason why we won is because of the community uh, and the success of it. So, yeah, just a huge thank you to you for all of your support. Um, we won, guys. We, we did won. win. And, well, and just to back up what Laura said, she really does mean it as well about, oh, so, it's just a, such a beautiful award. She's she's pointing it at the screen, everyone who can't see. Oh, by see. the way, yeah, I, I stole it. Me and, me and Lauren have decided we're gonna have like joint custody like i'll take it to mcdonald's on a saturday no, wait, and a wednesday. wait 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 it's okay because i got the cushion <laughs> <laughs> with our faces you're on so it. made up with that aren't I'm you a babe, I'm i do want my own award though so uh, yeah just, i will sort yeah, it we'll, we'll talk sort it. we'll talk about it but yeah just to really reiterate what laura said when we say the community and our listeners like you keep us going a hundred percent you know recording this podcast 
it does take a lot of work and we love it to death. But my God, some of these episodes where we've been really vulnerable have taken it out of us. And we and it is I think we've you know, you can probably see the ebbs and flows that we've been through mentally because of some of the stuff that we've talked about. The minute that they the second Spencer Matthews said, go love yourself. It was just like I was it was just this burst of emotion. I was like, oh, my God, it's all worth it. It's all wonderful because we're getting recognition that we always get from our listeners anyway. But we we were interviewed afterwards by Lad Baby. Such a normal sentence in my life now. Um, <laughs> and, Laura, you know, they kind of said, you know, what does this award mean to you? And, and Laura immediately said it's about our community. It's about our listeners. It's about the fact that, as, as you said, we set out to help one person. And now we're sort of, you know, over a million downloads later and thousands of people in our on our Facebook group and these messages that we do get every single day being like for the first time I wore a bikini because of you I was in pictures with my child because of you I don't care what people think about me anymore I was able to stand up to my mum that stuff just because me and Laura sit here once a week talking into our into our microphones like it's just incredible so it the, the award means the world but our community means everything very well put uh, but laura it was also a very like swanky night because we saw quite a few podcasters there we saw jordan and william who do a help i sex did my boss which was a, such a fantastic podcast loads of other ones did you have anything from the dessert table i had um can i just say the one disappointment uh, about the award ceremony is that i thought there was going to be food there was not food there was carrots there was the, this canapé that kept there going was canapes. around canapes yeah. as calls them of carrots with some sort of feta dip and I was like, that is not dinner. And so I had one little mini bowl and then I was like, that's enough, thank you. I am not a rabbit. And then I stuffed in two mini cakes and I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten. I'd had, I'd had like a chicken Caesar salad at lunch at about half 12. And it was like half 10 by this point. And the ceremony I, like was over. And some of you will know, like I do get like social anxiety. Like I can go to a point and then I'm, when I'm done, I'm, I'm really done. So the awards finished and I was so hungry and it got really busy and really loud. And I just looked at Lauren and I love this. Lauren just looked at me and she went, you're done. And I went, yeah, yeah, like I'm done. She just knew. There was just a look of like, she's done. So, so we left and we got the world's biggest McDonald's order and it was fabulous. I had a great time. But also talk about what happened when we were waiting for our McDonald's, which was just the most beautiful moment. <gasps> oh my God, I right? always forgot about this. Right, so we're waiting in the queue for our McDonald's. It's like 11 o'clock at night, central London. We're all London. dressed up, got the award, got the cushion. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, exactly, right? And this uh, lovely woman, hi for listening, she literally comes over and she's like, oh my God, hi, both of you. She's like, I've literally just been listening to your podcast. I absolutely love it. Like, I, I've just, oh yeah, I was just walking around listening to it. Um, I think you're both brilliant. And ah! we were just like, that, I don't know, we were almost as excited as when we won the yeah. award. Like, it was just so lovely. Like, we love hearing it's that. such a beautiful moment. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. If you want to try it, you can get 10% off your first month with our code GOLOVE. So we chat a lot about self-care and by now we do have a pretty good idea of what helps us feel good. Uh, so for me, it's things like going on mental health walks, talking to my family and friends. But despite knowing all of those things that make me feel good, there are some times when my brain just won't let me do the things that make me feel better. Yeah, one of the worst things for me, like especially like when I've had a long day, is sleep because... I don't know about you, but I feel like I spend most of my day feeling tired. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I close my eyes and I want to go to sleep, my brain just goes into overdrive. And I just I just find myself feeling anxious and worrying and I just can't switch off. And then I have like broken sleep and then it, and it really does affect my mental health like massively. It's something that I'm actually struggling with at the moment. You guys know that we're always bleating on about how good therapy is. And it's also 
a really good way to just figure out your brain a little bit more. So like what might be holding you back? So for example, why you're not sleeping or why you're feeling a little bit more stressed or why you're feeling a bit more anxious than normal. Yeah. And, and therapy is genuinely a brilliant way to learn how to work with yourself and your brain rather than against it. And BetterHelp is an online therapy service that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be more affordable and accessible than in-person therapy too. So definitely a good place to start if you're considering therapy. So if you fancy giving it a go and joining the 2 million people that have already used BetterHelp, you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash go love. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash go love. Oh my goodness, do we know you guys are so excited for today's guest. Uh, We are so excited for today's guest. Uh, You have mentioned this person so many times. Here to help us through all of our dating and relationship dilemmas is La La La, let me explain. La La, how are you? I'm really good. I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast. Such an honour to be here. Thank you. When you shared that I was coming on this podcast I got a message from someone called Ruby Ettel and she was so excited she is such a hardcore fan of yours she was like this crossover my my life is complete (laughs) oh my god I found her in my dms babe we've had a conversation about the battle of Bosworth this is so exciting 1485 love it I love it so hard Ruby you're my favorite We cannot wait to chat to you later and get all of your expert advice. But for now, we of course have to ask you what you're putting into the bag of dicks this week. I would like to put the red pill into the bag of dicks. I don't know if you know what the red pill is, but if you don't, you need to get to know because it is the whole side of the internet that Andrew Tate comes from. So there is this corner of the internet called the Manosphere and it's where all that kind of misogynistic online stuff sits. So that's where your incels all get together, your pickup artists, men going their own way, men's rights activists. And a lot of them believe that The Matrix, the movie, is real. No. Yeah, well, they believe that it's real life and they believe that you and I us lot we we've all taken the blue pill which is that we Mm. believe in what we've been taught by society and the media and all of that stuff and everything that we believe about domestic abuse or the criminal justice system or anything really is totally false but we're blue pilled we're totally numb to it we don't understand what's really going on but if you've taken the red pill obviously it's a metaphorical pill then your eyes have been open to the fact that actually the way that we have been taught about society isn't true at all and in fact the majority of domestic violence victims are men you know they they have all these crazy crazy beliefs but it's becoming so mainstream that you can meet like really normal blokes people who you meet on a dating app and who seem like you're just average sort of the earth guy and then he'll start talking to you about being red pilled it's blowing my mind and it's scary it needs to get in the bag of dicks that's actually terrifying that people think that like yeah like they think we're brainwashed no they are brainwashed like that is that is horrific. Yeah, it's mad stuff. It's worth kind of going onto YouTube and actually mm. watching some of the videos by these people who really believe strongly in this and 
And it is, it is this brainwashing, but it's so confusing because it's very difficult to counteract anything they say because their view is like, hmm, you just believe what the mainstream media tells you. They believe that, that any stat, any evidence, any anything is just made up and generated by the mainstream media to make us believe a certain thing. And it is impacting on dating. It is. If you're a heterosexual woman going out into the world, trying to date these men, it's a problem. Oh my goodness. Well, that that is that's in the bag of dicks forever and yeah, agreed, disgusting. Agreed. So we obviously uh, want to crack on with the advice, but for anyone that isn't familiar with you, Lala, can you tell us a, a little bit about what you do and how you get into it? Well, I'm a, I, I don't know never what to call myself. People are always like, she's a relationship expert. I'm fucking far from it, mate. Like, if you should <laughs> see me in relationships. But I'm a dating and relationships educator. I worked in child protection for a long time. And of course, that's all about abuse and relationships, really. Uh, and prior to that, I was a sexual health and relationships educator but while I was doing all of this professional stuff I was also just out there in the dating world making a complete fucking mess of my own life so I had all this professional knowledge and I could give the absolute best advice to anybody who needed it but never ever applied it to myself and then in 2017 I just sort of had enough and and then all these light bulbs started going off in my head where I was a bit like I can see where I've been going wrong and which patterns I've been repeating. And actually I was seeing it really obviously in lots of my friends and what they were doing as well. And I just had this big urge to just get it out there and to tell women like, you know what? It's them. This is where we've been going wrong. So I started a blog and it just sort of went viral and I've been doing the online education thing yeah since 2017 I've also got a podcast I've just started launched a new podcast in July which is a three times weekly podcast with Sony Music Entertainment it's called it's not you it's them but it might be you yeah your podcast is brilliant I was um I've, I've been listening to it the last few days and your stuff has helped me so much I know it has helped people that listen to this Thank podcast you. And, and you know, like like you said, like putting it into perspective of like, it's not us, yeah. it's them. And I love that your podcast is going into, but it also might be you. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like that Yeah, lot. sometimes we do need to look at ourselves. I think that, that it's not you, it's them thing is is also a nod to the, fa- to, to the fact that I really try to speak a lot to women, heterosexual women who are dating men. And I think a lot of times we don't realise, I certainly dated blindly for a long time without realising the impact of my gender on dating and on the way that men were treating me. So I I think that it's really important to, like I did a recent caption about women who felt that they were constantly desired but never loved all the way through. So women who men would give all the sweet talk until they got them into bed and then everything would change. And so I think that things like that are very gender specific, that those things aren't a big problem for men who are out there dating. But, But for women it is. And I think it is really important for us to remember, actually, in that kind of scenario, it really isn't you, it's them, it's the gendered nature of dating, it's the way that women have been perceived in society, it's tied up in so much more than you as an yeah, individual. I couldn't agree more. And there's, there's, we've all got these stories, whether you've been in a relationship for a long time or not, like we've all got stories where you've put yourself in potentially sometimes scary situations or bad situations, you know, someone that's, that's, that's had a really bad time of it because of, yeah, the kind of gendered aspect of it. And it is really scary. So 
having your content out there is so helpful. And we've got we've got listener questions, but I have a question if that's okay of about course. my situation. And I feel like if there's anyone that can help me, I do my best. <laughs> no pressure. So my <laughs> no situation, pressure. I think it might come down to the whole. It's not you. It's them, but it might be you. So I think I think I might be in the it might be you thing. I'm obviously fantastic. <laughs> that's not the problem. Just uh, so, <laughs> we. I know I'm all right. Right. Um, my issue is, and I think it's become probably very obvious in this season of this podcast whenever we've talked about it I'm having a bit of an issue with my perception of men at the minute so I'm unfortunately I say it like that I am straight I'm attracted to men and I only want to date men right um however I don't have many good examples of good men in my life unfortunately I've had a, a really bad example of a very very awful man not anyone I've dated but someone I know has dated um and been in a relationship with that has really really impacted my like perception of men and therefore dating and so I feel like I need like a, to climb this like hill to get back into it and I don't want to let all my guard down but at the same time I need a bit of help to kind of get there and, and you know I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably not the only person that's in this situation do you have any advice for me yeah, I do think it's a really difficult one because uh, as we've touched on already several times in the last 15 minutes or however long we've been recording, there is an issue and and we, and we can't get away from that. You know, gender-based violence is a thing and it stems from the way that women have been viewed and treated by society for centuries and centuries. You know, we're only just a couple of decades out of times where women weren't allowed to start businesses without a man's permission. We weren't allowed to get credit cards or rent properties. We absolutely needed men and men believed that they owned us. And that was written into laws. It was, you know, even the fact that your father gives you away to a man who then you take on his surname, you know, we've always been chattel. We've always been a commodity. There was even something called the rule of thumb, which was the law around how badly you were allowed to beat your wife and at what time and uh, you, you know because actually what used to happen was neighbors were kept awake because husbands were beating their wives so loudly at night so rules were put in about what time you could beat your wife so we literally come from a situation where people watched their grandfather or their father and their father's father sit in a chair all day while grandma rushed around doing absolutely everything, doing all the cooking, keeping the house clean, looking after the children. And if the food wasn't up to standard, grandma would get a slap in the face. And that was normality. This is the legacy that is seeping down into even now modern day dating. You know, it's very difficult to get away from that legacy of the gender roles and and how women expect to be treated and how men treat women. So your fears are based on a reality. However, as we also know, if we look around us, and I know that you're looking at bad relationships that your friends have had and things like that, and and you've seen some really fucked up examples. And obviously as a social worker, I saw, I mean, daily multiple, multiple examples of how catastrophically bad things could get. But I also look at my brother-in-law who is just a beautiful man and who you could not do any better than. I look at what, you know, I look at my own dad and he falls into the, the wrong category. But then I look at my friend's dad who is just the most beautiful man, the most supportive feminist, the biggest ally. You know, 
So I think that we have to find that balance between going, yeah, you know what, this is reality. And this is this is the potential, but also we have to have faith in the fact that there is goodness and that there are brilliant men and there are beautiful men, but that awareness is what will keep you safe. If you're just jumping, well, I used to jump in fanny first into <laughs> dating, like, love me, love me, love me. And I didn't have a clue. I would see the red flags and I'd be like, oh, wow, well, if he wants me, then, you know, he can mm. he can control me. But you know them now. And that's the matter. You're never going to avoid shit people. Mm. You're never going to avoid shit men. But what your awareness of it and your ability to respond to red flags because you're not dating from a desperate or lonely place, it will prevent you from potential harm. Yeah. That's such a good perspective because I think sort of people in my life at the minute and and they love me. So they're saying it as like, Lauren, you need to just, you know, you need to either move on from, you know, what this this guy did. I need to I need to learn to kind of move on from it. And like you said, there are I've got some examples in my life of fantastic men. My dad, bless Gav, is like the greatest dude in the world. It literally is the, the, the best man. But I'm also glad that I have that perspective because like you said, I, I am very wary, but I don't think being wary is a bad thing because like we've just said for the last, you know, this whole opening of this episode is that it's not unreasonable for us to be wary when we're going out and dating men and or dating in general. So have that wariness. But I think, like you said, maybe look for those pockets of the goodness and try not to be so angry. <laughs> they, they do exist. And, you know, there is nothing worse than having a friend who's been in what you perceive and what they perceive to be a beautiful relationship and to be like, oh, this gives me hope. Mm. My mate settled down with someone great. And then a year in, two years in, or however many, however long in, you get the phone call from your friend like, okay, he's been lying to me this whole time. He's been shagging all these other women. And, you know, I found out all this information and it's like that stomach sinking feeling like, oh, Mm, even the ones that we thought were good. (laughs) But this is people and this is humans. And you know what? If you're going to, be open to love, you're open to hurt. And 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 that's it. If you, you want to prevent yourself from being hurt for the rest of your life, well, at firstly, there's no way of doing that. But but if you want to do that, well, stay away from relationships. But actually, the love is so worth it and the good times make it so worth it. You just have to be aware that, yeah, this this, this I, I might get hurt and that's all right. It's part of the life experience. Yeah, you're so right. And I think uh, for, for people that have listened and have had such a huge heartbreak for whatever that reason is, like a devastating life-altering heartbreak, that like being all right with being hurt again takes sometimes years Mm -hmm. but like you said you can't really live a life without thinking that you'll never get hurt because you just that's a very very insular life isn't it so that was helpful thank you so you've helped me so now we have some wonderful uh, questions from our listeners so laura do you want to kick off with the first question yeah, um, I was just like, did I write in? No, uh, my husband is lovely, <laughs> but not very emotionally intelligent. I, I'm sorry, Matt. I do love you. This, I, I didn't write this, by the way. It was just, I, <laughs> just like I could have. Uh, he finds it hard to open up. How can I help him and our communication? It's interesting because how the hell did you get to the marriage stage? Like without, you know, this to me seems like something you should have addressed at the start of the relationship. So I'm wondering what that means for her because has he always been like this and you still chose to marry him and now you've got to a certain point where you're like, actually, I need more or or 
Was he giving more and has he changed? You know, where, where has this come from? You've married this emotionally unintelligent man. So I think it needs to be more of a thought from her about what it feels like is missing for her. What part of the communication or emotional intelligence is lacking? Where has this come from? And then the only way to really deal with anything like that is to have communication, to talk to him about it. But emotional intelligence, I'm not sure if it's something that can be learned. Maybe it can. I think there has to be a slight bit of innateness. But I guess with therapy, you can learn to be more in touch with your own emotions and to be more vulnerable and to have more empathy. So maybe couples counseling is something that would help them. It would help her to have a safe space to communicate where she thinks this is lacking and how that's affecting their relationship. And it might be an opportunity for him to have a space where he can open up about how he's feeling, but he probably won't because he's not very emotionally intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's such an interesting perspective I really like that um thank you right next question and this is uh, a great one for our podcast and we've talked about this before so I'm sure Laura and I will have some thoughts on this as well but our listener has asked I've always struggled with my body confidence as a woman in a bigger body especially when it comes to sex I find myself covering myself up and not being present have you got any advice for finally enjoying my sex life I, I think the really biggest thing to remember is that they know exactly what size you are before they've got you naked. They're getting Mm. you into bed with the knowledge that they want to rip these clothes off. They are excited about whatever it is that they're going to see. And I cannot tell you how many men I've spoken to who, uh, do you know, I met up with a guy a couple of days ago who I could quite confidently say is one of the most generically beautiful men I've ever met in my entire life like model like I was walking down the street with him and I could see women's reactions and we were having a really good conversation about about what men find attractive and all of that kind of stuff and he was just like the saggier the boobs the more cellulite the more stretch marks the more veins the more give it to me he was just like there is nothing fucking sexier than a real woman's body he's like it's like a puzzle to explore he said there's so much to find and I was just like I want to take all my clothes off you know like (laughs) I was gonna say is he single yeah (laughs) um and and, and, and so I really think that first it's to to know that they know exactly what they're getting to to also know that pretty much everyone regardless of shape or size we all kind of we don't look the same naked but we all have those same flaws we all have bits of patches of hair and spots and scars and veins and you know things that we may perceive as ugly but things that nobody else would even notice he's going to be totally focused on how amazing and lucky he feels or they feel to get access to your vagina and 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 actually it is so it's so sexy for somebody to just Mm. own it to just whip off the covers and be like this is me you're gonna look hot you're gonna look much hotter than if you are cowering under the covers with, with the lights off that will give them the idea that there is something to be hidden rather than whack it all out and I was gonna say if they don't like it they don't like it they will like it 
because they knew what mm. they were getting and that's why they liked so you true. anyway. I think confidence is the sexiest thing that anyone could wear. Like, I think sometimes as women, we put ourselves down way too much when we're in our heads way too much. Like you said, they're just really happy most of the time. They're just having sex. They know what, like you said, they know what they're getting themselves in for. So I think it's a process, definitely. Like, and it's yeah. not going to happen overnight. But I think like you know small like baby steps like start by you know taking your top off and maybe putting the lights on or not covering up so much I think it's definitely like a process but like just own it and try and have like faith that your partner does find you attractive otherwise they wouldn't be with you yeah and do that by yourself as well get naked in front of the mirror which actually can be quite a horrible feeling sometimes but get naked and stare at yourself for five minutes until until the initial feelings subside. And then try to find one thing that actually you really like. Like, even if it's just, I've got a really nice curve to my left shoulder. Or, you, you know, it doesn't have to be something that we would n- traditionally associate with sexiness. Find a part of your body that is just nice or that you accept and that you're okay with and then every single day try and find a different part of your body that you just accept and that you're okay with and really relish the experience of being able to just know yourself naked and accept yourself naked and be just really okay with that you don't have to be like wow I'm fucking the sexiest woman in the world but just knowing I'm okay, I'm good. This is me. This is how I came into the world and so I'm leaving the world. And if, if you don't like it, take your wrinkly testicle somewhere else. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And like people, we've said, I've said this on the podcast before. I said it on Instagram before. The biggest thing I did for my confidence when it comes to sex is, uh, is looking at myself naked in the mirror is also taking some sexy pics of either in underwear or not in underwear, not necessarily for somebody, but I've got them. And it was just a game changer. It was seeing myself sexy in the body that I've currently got. Definitely very helpful for anyone, you know, for me I've gained weight or perhaps if anyone's body has recently changed, like that's so important and just owning it. And let me tell you, like, again, we talked about this confidence, you know, like the best sex I've ever had is when I've just owned it. And like, they're like, fucking hell, this is amazing. And same as, you know, we weren't worrying about what we're looking like. Maybe they're worrying about what they're looking like. And they're not really thinking about that. The most important things when it comes to sex, if you want to enjoy it is just kind of just think about your both of your own pleasure and you are going to get way more pleasure if you kind of can just let your head stop talking wait there's so many innuendos let your noise of your brain right don't talk while giving head everyone who won't like it um But let the noise of your brain shut the fuck up so you can just concentrate on having a really good time with your partner who, as you said, Lala, right at the start, Mm. they know what your body's going to look like roughly. So come on now. Let's just, yeah, enjoy it. Love it. We have another question, which is kind of goes on from what we were talking about earlier, that it might be you. So our listener says, I often worry that I'm the toxic one in my relationship partly because his mother has previously told me I am. We've been together for years and it's mostly happy, but I can get jealous. I worry I'm controlling because I ask him to let me know when he's coming home or to text me a couple of times throughout the night when he's out. I'm not a fan of uh, weekends away apart um, and I don't like constant texting other people when we're together. So things like that. I'm quite a rigid person. And if someone says they're going to do something or be somewhere at a certain time, I get quite annoyed if they're not. I'm trying to work on these things, but I find it difficult to tell if I'm being reasonable or controlling. Have you got any advice? It's a very complicated one because I was going to say, if you think that you're being controlling, then you probably are. But then there's so much like reverse psychology shit that Mm. can go on that somebody can be like, you're being controlling when you're not. And, you know, 
it's kind of gaslighting stuff. But if we take it on the basis that she is acting up when he is not with her, when he's having time with his friends, when he's just out, I don't know. Her behavior doesn't sound healthy. I think that jealousy in a relationship is normal. We should, we will all probably experience some level of jealousy. You know, maybe a thought that goes through our head if we see that our partner has got some hot new colleague who's just joined the office or whatever. It's okay to have that little pang of jealousy. We, we all may experience that. What would not then be okay would be you have to not sit near that colleague. You have to leave your workplace. You have to contact me every five minutes to reassure me because it's your issue, not theirs. So jealousy is okay, but only if you manage it correctly and you realize that it is your emotion and it is not their responsibility to manage that emotion. Unless, of course, what they're doing is ridiculous stuff like adding a ton of random women from their gym to their Instagram, you know, like in in that kind of situation, then you're all right to say, I feel a bit uncomfortable with you making all these new friends at your gym who all look like, I don't know, look like they're up for it and single women. Um, So, so, so yeah, so it's a real, we don't know enough about this relationship to be able to say to her, yeah, you're the toxic one or you're not you know, carry on. So I think she really needs to look at how much her jealousy is then impacting on how she treats him. And the stuff that you said about the phone calls and things, if, 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 if uh, I doubt we're hearing the full truth of it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say that, yeah, maybe you are the toxic one, but what's very good about this is that you have the self-awareness and the, the, the ability to critically reflect on how you have, been showing up in this relationship and this is your opportunity to say I fucked up I've been allowing my jealousy to consume me and that has then been leading to me to control you and I really want to do something about this and I really want to change this and therapy would be an absolutely great way probably individual before you have couples therapy but I think it's great that you've acknowledged it it's very important to do something about it if you if you really are the toxic one Lovely listeners, it's time for a quick ad break because we have a new podcast recommendation for you. It's called Goes Without Saying and it's hosted by best friends Sefi and Wing. Our producer, Fion, has been a fan for years and she even says they're basically the Gen Z us, which I kind of love. (laughs) They have frank and compassionate chats about topics like confidence, mental health, body image, self-care and all the anxious spirals that come with your 20s. Definitely sounds like us. (laughs) They also talk lots about Harry Potter and Taylor Swift. So Lauren, you're going to fit right in. I think, honestly, I'm a Gen Z and a millennial body. 100%. (laughs) It's a really great listen if you're looking to try something new and it really just feels like a girly catch up with friends that get it. Oh, sounds like us. Uh, But some of their recent episodes also include How to Survive Your 20s, The Myth of Cringe and TikTok Misogyny, which I think is fantastic. So join Sefi and Wing every Monday and Thursday for hand-holding, hysterics and a girly catch up. One listener said, I've only had one relationship slash sexual partner in my life. I love my partner, but it does feel like I'm missing out. Have you got any advice? And I think that's probably quite a common one. Well, if she has sex with men, I don't think she's missing out, to be honest. Like, <laughs> you know. Buy a vibrator, do it yourself. Absolutely. That would be my suggestion. But also there's loads yeah. of other things that you can do to 
improve sex with your partner or not necessarily even improve it if you're ha- having good sex uh there's like adult sex education platforms that are really really good and they introduce you there's one that I work with called beducated.com they're excellent because you can go on there with your partner and literally open up a whole new world of sex stuff that you would have never have even thought of before so what I would do is try to have a whole new sex life with your partner, spice it up, do new things, find different avenues that you can do together. And then if you wanted to talk about opening up your relationship, lots of people do. Lots of people aren't for the whole monogamy thing. They they are very happy to open up their relationship to have threesomes or, or to have sex with other people. But that might be something that your partner is very uncomfortable with. That would require really good communication and really thoughtful, respectful communication to even bring that in. But I, I would start by trying to to have different sex with your partner because it doesn't need to be a new penis. It can just be a new thing that you've never done with your existing penis. Yeah, this is not a sponsored mention, but we've worked with Beducated before and I'm obsessed with their whole like ethos and the fact that you can go on there and find out new stuff and all sorts of education. So love that. So one of our listeners says dating can be so expensive and that she often ends up asking her dates over to her house. Uh, But she's worried that this gives the wrong impression. Any advice? Well, one of my top bits of advice for any woman dating is don't ever invite strangers to your house don't ever go to their house don't even give them your address to pick you up to take you out because by the end of that date you might realize that you do not want this person knowing where you live there are loads of free things that you can do that don't involve going to someone's house you could go for a walk you could go I don't know wherever you I live in London so you know I might suggest going down the south bank and walking along the river Thames I'm sure wherever you live there'll be places that you could go and wander around there are free museums there's all sorts of stuff that you can do and I I think the problem with home-based dates is that it often ends up being that once you've set that as the precedent you never leave from home and it also means it's much more likely Mm. that you'll get into sexual situations that you may not have got into if you were dating in public and that can because I know a lot of women who do the home-based date thing will will do will do the whole thing like pre-date like listen just to let you know just because you're coming around doesn't mean that I'm up for having sex uh and it'll be like yeah yeah sure babe and then when they come around it's still like come on you know they'll put it on you and you then you're in this horrible Mm. situation where it's like this is fucking you know awkward he's breaching my boundaries so I I just really think if, if you don't know somebody and you haven't had a couple of dates with them already or even at least one you know maybe one is fine and then you you, you suss it out and you can invite them around I still think there's you know it's slightly risky but th- there are lots of alternatives to just being at home I, I don't think it's a good idea I agree I was in um uh went on a date with this guy last year and this is why and you mentioned this before like your gut instinct your gut feeling is accurate to everybody and there was this guy who was really nice the first couple of days of chatting and then it got a bit he got sexual really quickly and that wasn't what I wanted from this guy so I, it was a bit like Ugh. Um, but I agreed to go on a date with him and and 
like initially when it was going really well was like oh, I'll come and pick you up and I was like oh my god how gentlemanly and then as soon as like that it kind of got there and that red flag came up and I was like you are not fucking picking me up from my house you are not knowing where I live and thank god because the second that man got out the car and walked towards me like he grabbed me and he kissed me and it wasn't one that I wanted and I and, but he was this big fucking guy and I didn't really know what to do with it and I was mm. like had that have happened at my house like, no, 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 no. And, and that day I rushed through that day and I basically ran to my car and I sped out of that car park because I did not feel safe. Had that a man know where I live? Mm. Like, I've and when you live alone, like, how scary is that? So I'm totally with you. I think, you know, be wary, but also, you know, be realistic about stuff. There's no one's coming to my house before the third day. I need to know you a little bit better. And, that, and sometimes I don't know whether I'd prefer to go to their house so I can leave. Mm. Don't know. Don't know if that's worse. Um, but I'm, it's something, I'm, my safety is also always something I'm really aware of. Yeah, it's incredibly important. I could tell you a million stories about about terrible things that have happened when women have allowed men in into their homes. Um and it, and it is it is really something to keep in mind that you know as you say your gut instinct is so important and if your gut is saying this is off then follow that. But also if your gut is saying actually he seems really great that doesn't necessarily mean that he's really great. So it's, a, yeah. it's like, listen to your gut. But if your gut's saying, yeah, invite this stranger around to your house on the first night, maybe don't listen to your gut, listen to your brain. <laughs> Such a good one. And also, uh, if your gut tells you something a little bit later and you've already agreed to something, that, mm. then still say no, whatever that thing is, whether it's coming round or whatever, you can absolutely you know, take away any consent at any point any point um you can take away that consent that's really important to mention um <laughs> is going back to an ex ever a good idea a listener has asked depends why they're your ex you know there are many mm-hmm. situations that have been somebody's become an ex because you were both going off to different unis at the you know whatever in, in those kind of scenarios where they are your ex because of logistical or practical reasons, or you both just weren't on the same page at the same time, then it might be worth a try. When it is never okay to go back to your ex, or rather never a good idea to go back to your ex, is if things were volatile, chaotic, tumultuous, abusive, toxic, you you know, if it was a, a bad relationship at the time, it's very likely to be a bad relationship again. Unless you have both done such significant work on yourselves Mm. Uh, and also I'd like to hear what work you have done you know your toxic ex just calling like babe I've changed like I feel different I'm a different (laughs) man now how explain Mm. to me how you're a different man give me a list yeah because just (laughs) two years therapy receipt (laughs) exactly (laughs) two years passing does not just suddenly make you a better person you know so I think it's 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 really tempting to go back to exes because I think part of the hard thing about dating is the whole idea of like getting to know you again and facing like new intimacy again. And actually the thought of just going back to someone who's already seen you naked, going back to somebody who already knows what your favorite color is. It's, it's tempting, but actually think about what, why you left them. And if the reason that you left them in the first place or the reason it ended in the first place is because the two of you were just not okay together it's it's unlikely that that's going to be any different this time around. Yeah, very rarely I feel like it would work. And you're right, circumstantially maybe, but everything else, no. 
any advice for this listener? She says, at 48, how do I get back into it? Um, in speech marks, after nine years of singledom and no sex, it's scary. Yeah, I can imagine that nine years of, of absolutely no sex feels like a very daunting thing. And I think the thing is that the scene will have changed so much since she was last in the saddle that she needs to prepare herself because this is the position that I was in. I was in a long-term relationship, came out into the dating apps that hadn't existed when I'd got into the relationship in the first place. And I just went in fanny first, totally fucking naively, really excited. Like, and and I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. I couldn't spot a catfish. I couldn't spot a red flag. I could. I was just ridiculous. So I would advise her to read my book. My book will really help her. It will really. It's it's designed to help people to tackle what the dating scene is like now. Help them to identify fuck people and all that kind of stuff. But I'd also suggest to her to get really confident with herself sexually. Start masturbating. Start exploring what you like. Watch erotic, you know, ethical porn. Uh, Listen to some erotic books. Start thinking about you as a sexual person again. What gets you going? What do you like? What do you want to try? And, and, and really, get into solo sex and then to think about what she wants when she is out on the dating apps and meeting new people. Does she just want a new sexual awakening? Is she up for just sexual connections? Does she want a relationship first and love before sex? I think she needs to get really comfortable with exactly what she wants out of this. Uh, Read my book and then get out onto the dating apps and, and meet exciting people, but just be very careful. And use condoms. Always. Yeah, yeah, always. This is a really good question and I'm glad we're going to cover it because this is something I'm petrified of for other people. I'm now at a point now where I don't think I will ever be financially dependent on a man. uh, And this is what this question is about. And this person has asked, I want to break up with my partner, but we live together and I can't be financially alone. Have you got any advice? And I think, so my, my parents split up when I was like 10 and my friend's parents split up when she was, when we were like 17 and all these things, you're just seeing what, what happened to our mums because they were at the time, financially dependent on on the guys and stuff and luckily as I said before my dad's a dad's a good egg her dad was not a good egg it breaks my heart that there are probably maybe people listening to this who are staying in a relationship that is you know anything from not good to them to dangerous for them because they haven't got the financial ability to leave um that's something that really worries me and you cover it in your book as well which is brilliant but I just yeah what's what's your advice on that yeah I mean I I think obviously as you say that the warning to all people, all single women especially, is before you get into any relationship, remember to never allow yourself to become financially dependent. Have a pot for yourself. Even if this is the person you're marrying and having kids with, have a pot for a rainy day in case you ever need to go. But be, you know, really sensible about how finances are distributed in your household. And this is where women get trapped. This is where women get trapped into marriages. This is where gender is such a huge thing is that actually if you are the one, if you do end up having children and things like that and you are the one that's raising them and, um, you know, you, you choose to stay at home with the children and your husband works that then effectively you are pulling out of the labor market you are 
pulling out of opportunities to be able to fend for yourself if you need to and you do become completely dependent on a man and that's why domestic abuse and things were able to thrive because they could do whatever the fuck they wanted because we could not leave we had no means to leave so all women need to make sure that they never get into that position if they have a choice financial abuse is a huge thing and a lot of uh, domestic abuse does involve financial control it's a great way to control someone it's a great way to keep somebody from ever leaving you uh, or from going out or from doing things you don't want them to do you know it's a very very big red flag if you don't have access to money yourself I think in this particular situation we don't again know much of the context but I would be thinking about things like I would never tell anyone to get into debt but sometimes it's like what is the less of two evils is it it would would taking a small loan preferably from a family member so that you're not incurring interest and things like that would that help you would that be the lesser of two evils in the sense that this will enable you to be free from a relationship get onto your feet financially and then uh, and then pay that back I think people also need to, to realize that actually asking people is okay like you know I don't have a ton of money but if a mate came to me and said I'm fucking trapped. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I will get a deposit for this flat or whatever. I I would take money out on my credit card to give that to her. And, you know, so I think that there's probably people around you who would help you to get out of that situation if if you needed to. Um, It's also worth, if there is any abuse or domestic violence, absolutely worth talking to Refuge or Women's Aid who will be able to talk to you about options. Citizens Advice Bureau also so maybe able to talk to you about what your options are you can even speak to your bank some banks are really really good I, I think it's NatWest or Nationwide one of them has got a really good scheme for people who are in abusive relationships so actually contacting your bank to say this is the situation I'm in I, I, I'm really stuck what can I do what options have I got that you might find that they they can help you too but don't you know remaining in something because of financial trappings if it's domestic abuse that's not a barrier you know you can go into refuges there is support available if it's not domestic abuse it's slightly more complicated but potentially yeah yeah. and 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 the and the traits of financial abuse can be so subtle and you feel like it can be so normal and I think sometimes just airing that and mentioning it to somebody and looking at their face you can probably be like ah oh, okay not normal so so I would say if anyone's a bit worried do look at online at you said like at refuge at women's aid they'll have they'll have information about what some of those traits are and yeah it, it would just break my heart to to think that somebody listening to this episode right now is stuck in something for that reason so definitely have a look and reach out for help if you need it. Okay, Lala, I want to end on a slightly lighter note. So I know that you talk a lot on your podcast about your listeners' icks, and I wondered if you could share your top icks with us to give us a laugh. <laughs> I love an ick. I love an ick. Wow, I've had loads of different icks. I got the ick once. Just See, this is the thing. Icks are not general turnoffs. So I can't say to you, oh, my ick is a guy who picks his nose and eats his bogeys. That's not an ick because that's very reasonable. I can describe that as the ick and I can get that repulsed feeling of the ick. But the actual ick is when you get turned off for no good reason. When when he's doing something perfectly innocent, something a million people have done before, but you look at it and you're like, oh my God. I've had such random icks. Like I got the ick once because a guy had mud on his shoes. 
He'd made a real great effort to walk to mine from through a park from a train station and he arrived and he looked lovely and he was a wonderful man but there was so much mud on his trainers that my body just went into like <laughs> shut down absolute <laughs> shut down I've had the ick before because a guy had a pattern on his t-shirt and there was nothing wrong with this pattern it was actually quite a, just a normal innocuous innocent pattern and I, as soon as I looked at him I was just like Oh, I, 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 I'm, I can't even listen to you breathe no, anymore. You. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Horrible stuff. I've, 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 I've had the ick from somebody dropping their hat and trying to pick it up. You know? Oh, how disgusting! Oh my god, how dare he! Wow, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, and it's so unreasonable. I got the ick the other day because I was talking to a guy and he was saying something like his neighbours were up all night partying or something, and I said, "Oh, there's nothing worse than." noisy neighbours and he wrote back bet you're like that bet your neighbours hate you and I just got the ick immediately because I thought do you even know me like that's literally not me like why are you accusing me of being a disrespectful neighbour you know but that was it I just couldn't just couldn't talk to him anymore so yeah it's very it's very shit to the icks what do we do with the icks we just let the icks happen or do we have to like talk to ourselves a little bit the thing is is i I think the ick is quite complex you know like is it self-sabotage are you trying to reject this person just to protect yourself from their potential future rejection so you can say well i already went off him anyway is it rooted in evolutionary psychology are we thinking oh this guy is going to drop my baby on its head you know that there's so many different reasons behind it so I do think you should talk yourself talk to yourself and think actually is this a very unreasonable it can you get through this but don't force no, yourself I'm with you and sometimes you just gotta like walk away and they could be a perfectly nice person they're just not for you and that's fine just walk away don't force stuff this has been wonderful I've literally got your book here and I've got so much like bookmarked from it and I want to talk about all these things we just haven't got the time one of my favorite things though is um and I've literally bookmarked it is we are dealing with shit that most cis men couldn't even handle on their best days they need to show some respect Oh, Lala, you're my favourite. I absolutely love you. And everything you're doing for women and everything you champion and stand for, I genuinely think you are absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest today. Thank you. Can you give Buddy a kiss from me as well, please? Lauren, how much do you love Lala? I just think she's so fantastic and just so chill, just so straight to the point. I loved it. I literally loved that episode so much. Yeah, it was really good fun. And I have to say, I think Lala is a really, really good one to follow on Instagram. Like she 100%. really does. She tells it like it is. She's very, very authentic. Yeah, since recording, like I've been obsessed with with looking at her up and like seeing her advice and stuff. So yeah, thank you so much, Lala. We love that. Literally. And thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week for a new episode. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you go and follow us on Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod and join our Facebook group, Go Love Yourself Community. Or if you'd like, you can get in touch with us on email go love at crowdnetwork.co.uk you can also support the show by subscribing on patreon or apple podcasts where you can get ad free and early episodes for one pound a week or you can listen ad free on amazon music and just a reminder about our live shows <laughs> they're all in london they are on monday the 30th of october tuesday the 21st of november and wednesday the 20th of december we are so excited about them we cannot wait to see you and meet you guys there all the information and and a link to buy the tickets is in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.